As we delve into God's word here in Matthew 10, I would like to us to focus on three words, confess, receive, and deny. Let us set the scene with quotes from Luke. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose for them twelve, whom he named apostles. Matthew 10, first verse. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this whole of chapter 10 is about when Jesus sent out the 12 apostles, two by two. In verses 5 to 15, Jesus gives the term of their commission. Section 16 to 25 is actually an interlude describing the time of the spreading of the gospel after the resurrection. What jumped into my mind as I read it was the situation of the present church in the Middle East, Pakistan, India, and China, amongst others, as the invisible church grows and grows. Read it over and see if you have the same impression. Can we expect a hardening of the opposition and persecution here in the West as the invisible church grows? Then the last section, which is what we're going to be concentrating on today, warns them about what the reaction is going to be to their message and how they should respond. Let us pick it up with verse 28. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. He reminds them of his words at the beginning of the chapter. They are his apostles speaking in his name and under his protection. The worst that could happen to them is the loss of their physical bodies but their souls were secure in Christ Jesus. Don't bend to the world to gain their approval. And Jesus reiterates this later in verse 39. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is similar to the words Yahweh gave Jeremiah. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 1, 7-8. Let's look at our first word of confess, in verse, starting in verse 32. So everyone who acknowledges me before men I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. This word acknowledge can be also translated confess and proclaim, as we'll see later. What were they to acknowledge before me, before men? And what will Jesus acknowledge before the Father? 
They were to publicly proclaim their allegiance to Jesus as the Messiah, Lord, Master. In return, Jesus would proclaim their faithfulness as his worshipers and servants before the Father. He will defend them against all accusations as being his and under his protection, innocent of all charges. Paul uses the same word in Romans 10, 8 to 10 verses 8 to 10. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. I still remember the Sunday morning sitting in the pews of St. Augustine when I knelt to acknowledge Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord. Afterwards, when I told our pastor, Jim Bennett, he said, good, now you have to give your testimony at the potluck supper. Cool. A potluck supper, right? Then Jim added, tonight. As I recovered from shock, he explained that acknowledging Jesus as Lord and Savior is a three-step program. Firstly, on your knees, privately, in repentance, acknowledging your need for Christ. Be now your Lord before the members of the body of Christ you have just joined in spirit. If you can't publicly confess this before believers, how will you go to the third step of proclaiming his lordship of your life before men, strangers to your new life? Do you proclaim Christ before men? Remember, we have an advantage those early apostles didn't have at this stage in their journey with Christ. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit to encourage and strengthen us and speak through us when our lips fail. If we acknowledge Christ before men, should we not also be proclaiming his gospel so they too might confess the need for Christ in their lives? Let's move to the, the second focus word in verse 40. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Jesus is not saying things are going great if they received you by asking them in to share a tea and have some talk. But if they, as apostles, ambassadors of Christ, from verse 7, proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of, hand is at, of heaven is at hand, and the message is received and responded to with repentance, then the respondents have also received Christ Jesus and the Father who sent him. Has anyone listening today heard the message but not received it by confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead to receive salvation? Take a few minutes to repeat this prayer with me and then contact Pastor Dan or myself, Deacon Allen. The phone numbers are at the bottom of this page. 
Let's pray. Almighty Father, I confess that I have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I am truly sorry and humbly repent. Thank you for forgiving my sins through the death of your son, Jesus. I turn to you and give you my life. Fill and strengthen me with your Holy Spirit to love you. To follow Jesus as my Lord in the fellowship of his church and to become more like him each day. Amen. Matthew 25 contains a warning to those who don't receive the message offered by the apostles and now to us in this present age. When you have time, read chapter 25, verses 31 to 46, from which I have taken these excerpts. Verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous, the sheep, will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, in the New Testament, that's believers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now those on the left asked Jesus the same question. And in verse 45 he said, Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these brothers, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Let us return to verse 33 for the last of three words, deny. 
But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. This is not the situational denial of Peter at the trial of Jesus. When questioned of his knowledge of Christ, he denied even knowing Christ. In a moment of weakness, this was a rebuke of Jesus' teaching here in Matthew 10 of acknowledging Christ as Lord and Messiah before men. We are fortunate Jesus doesn't rely on what comes out of our mouth. Remember Paul said, confess with our mouths and, not or, and believe in our hearts. Because our Lord can read our hearts, he knew that Peter's denials were a momentary stumble. And after the resurrection, when he met Peter with the other disciples for breakfast at the Sea of Galilee, he dealt with Peter's grief at betraying his Lord. Listen as Jesus' loves pours out in forgiveness as he meets Peter in his spiritually weakened condition. John t- chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know I'm your friend. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me enough to die for me? Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know I'm your friend. Jesus said to him, shepherd my sheep. The third time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, are you my friend? Peter was hurt that he questioned him a third time, are you my friend? So he replied, Lord, you know everything. You know I'm your friend. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And then in verse 19, Jesus said to him, follow me. Did you notice that Jesus not only forgave Peter, but recommissioned him as well? We also can look to our Lord when we repent of not proclaiming him before men. We have an advantage that Peter didn't enjoy at the time of his denials. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but we still stumble in our commission as ambassadors before men as we try to proceed in our own strength. Pray that the Holy Spirit will embolden us and give us the word to proclaim his name in this broken world. Verse 33 is speaking of the goats, those faithless, unbelievers, in love with the ways of the world, who deny Christ's very existence. So caught up are they in themselves. They have renounced not only Christ, but also God as he is revealed in nature. They have no excuse. Paul describes it and describes them in Romans chapter 1. starting in verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind 
to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. The deniers would do well to remember what Paul said in 2 Timothy. Chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. The saying is trustworthy, for we, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. But if we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Unbelievers must understand that Jesus is faithful to himself. He can't be otherwise. He cannot veer from his holiness, his righteousness. He must be true to himself as holy God, unsold, unsoiled by wickedness and evil. This also means that as he fulfills his promise of eternal life for those who follow him, he must fulfill his promise of eternal damnation for unbelievers. Have you joined us today because you are starting to question your unbelief. I know where you are coming from. For I was an atheist for the first 40 years of my life until I turned to Christ. Many in our congregation can share similar stories with you. If you are struggling with your unbelief, no longer assured you have all the answers for your life, Take a few minutes to repeat this prayer with me and then contact Pastor Dan and myself, Dyke and Allen. Oh God, please reveal yourself to me. Draw near to me as I seek you. Open my eyes to see your truth. Show me those things in my mind and heart that keep me from faith in you. Help me to know and trust Jesus Christ. And lead me to those people who can help me as I seek to know you. Amen. Now let us close in prayer.
Father, as we look at the word that you've given us for today, each one of us can put the, ourselves in one of the situations. Father, you know our faults, you know our weaknesses, you know our strengths. Father, may the Holy Spirit work with each one of us. Use our strengths. Use our faults. Use our strengths. Use our weaknesses. To enable us to proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and Master. King above all kings. Savior of the world. That many in this dark world may be turned to him. And we pray this in his precious name. Amen.